You've tuned in to TrueCR's new program, Behind Closed Doors. Please listen to our disclaimer. This program explores all topics relating to sex work. The show is hosted by several sex worker peer hosts, and we pride ourselves on facilitating a comfortable space for sex workers to share their experiences. Behind Closed Doors aims to uncover what the sex industry is really like. We value the varied opinions and experiences of sex workers, and we also appreciate questions and curiosities from the general public. Our program, Behind Closed Doors, exists to bridge the gaps. Please be mindful that the nature of this program may not be for you and is not suited for little ease. There is also possibility of explicit language used. Hi, you're listening to Behind Closed Doors and you've got your co-hosts in the studio with you, Dean Lim and Kitty Galore. Hi, Dean. Hi, Kitty. Oh my goodness, it's been just a week since we were last in this studio together and today we've got such a hot, hot topic. It's about masturbation. <laughs> and funnily <laughs> enough, you know, just a few moments ago I used to be saying, mas- how did I say it? Masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, you know, Dean, masturbation is such a taboo topic. You know, sex in general is such a taboo topic. And I think it's time for such a topic to come out from behind closed doors. So come out of that taboo closet. So is it a sin? Is it pleasure? Is it sexual overuse of your private parts? (laughs) (laughs) You're right. We're going to ask today, is masturbation a grave sin or an actual biological need? I mean, I like to argue if it's just a natural biological need. I think so too. But we, you know, it's a way of the body releasing. Before we go any further with our discussion, let's go back to when we were kids, Dean. And, you know, this isn't going to get anything freaky. We just want to explore, you know, when we hit puberty, what happens then? There's this natural urge. It's not because you know, children are growing up, being exposed, and then becoming perverted. Young humans just have a natural biological need. In puberty, your hormones are developing. Therefore, you develop and have a sense of exploration of yourself, of who you are in the world. And part of that exploration and observation of yourself is masturbation. Mm. It's part of Mother Nature's way of preserving the human race, isn't it? Well, yeah, you're sort of just finding out more about yourself and therefore it leads on to, well, what is sex? Mm. So it's a natural, I guess, evolution and a natural conversation of where do we go from here? So let me share with you a little bit of my history. I come from a very devout, strict Christian family and growing up, you know, Playing or touching yourself was such a taboo, such a sin. Like you might die the next day because you've committed (laughs) something so egregious. Um, And so it was something that was definitely kept behind closed doors. You would never speak about it. And it was difficult not knowing what to do with these types of urges. So your upbringing, living under such conservative, I guess, moral and sexual values... How did you learn and find out about yourself sexually? Well, a lot of it was just me exploring with myself in my own time because there was a strong need to resolve these natural biological urges. If not, it was difficult to think straight or to go about 
um, my daily routine. So it was a matter of just getting done and over with um, as a child. And did you, as a developing teenager, how did you reconcile your religious and your identity? I didn't. It was a nightmare. <laughs> it was a battle until I, I suppose, turned 19 and met someone um, who then helped me to explore the sexuality. All right. So you've, you've, you've figured it out on your own, but it, it took time. It took a lot of time. Breathe in and out. You're listening to 3CR. You know, a lot of it is part of maturing and, and learning that, hey, just because you touch yourself, it doesn't mean you're going to get pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Was that what you were told? Uh, no, for whatever reason, maybe it's from just watching the wrong movies or something. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, it was It was really crazy. That's crazy. Well, my, my upbringing was, you know, I guess conservative as well. Not religious conservative, just conservative. And finding things out on my own and going to talk to my friends, people around me. I, I guess I, I was a bit more independent mm. or I became more independent. So I went to sexual health centres and I got brochures. I talked to people there. I joined youth groups, um, especially gay and lesbian and queer youth groups. And so from there, you know, I came from a, a, a point of wanting to learn and be educated in a, um, in a safe environment. Mm. And that appears to me like a smart way to operate. You're going mm. out, you're doing research, you're learning as much as you can to deal or to cope with something that's a natural biological urge rather than from when I was growing up it was just something that was a grave sin and something that was done in with so much fear let's have a short break and come back as we further explore whether in a different perspective masturbation is really a grave sin and whether we should just all stop before we explode in flames <laughs> sure the only way that we can have a safe world is understanding each other in our difference, limiting the economic disparities between peoples of the world, and not saying that some people deserve dignity and respect and others don't. They're the pathways to safety and security, and we need to have the courage to say we have to continue to have those complex dialogues about how we move forward so that the values of diversity and inclusivity are in everybody's hearts and maybe even the hearts of politicians. 3CR celebrating diversity since 1976, 855 on your AM dial. Welcome back, listeners. For those of you just joining us, you're listening to Kitty Galore and Dean Lim. Hey, Dean. Hi, Kitty. So, Dean, so far we've been talking about masturbation. Is it a grave sin or an actual biological need? And, you know, for those listening, we have been pushing this idea that it is an actual biological need. This time we're going to flip the script and see if we can explore reasons why someone might actually view something such as this as a grave sin. What do you reckon, Dean? Okay, well, I think that from just based on my experience and dealing with people who have come from a more religious, conservative background, it seems that when you put religion into the mix with sexuality, it's about control and what people can say from 
the church pulpit is don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, or whatever. It's about controlling people. And if you control people's bodies and their sexuality, you have them. And if you have this script of you must be a servant of God, then you've got them hook, line, and sinker. Mm. And, because- I th- and having that instilling fear in people, that's another way of control and power. A lot of cult leaders do that. They will say, you know, if you don't do this, there'll be the, you know, it'll be Armageddon. So it's about control. And if you can control people's sexuality, control their body, control their minds, you've got them. Because who are they saving the bodies for? If they're not touching themselves and they're practicing abstinence, why is it a grave sin to be masturbating? Well, if you introduce the notion of sin versus goodness, and if you say, you, if you do X, Y, and Z, you will burn in hell. It, nobody wants to burn in hell. Mm. We all want to be good. We all want to be, you know, decent people. So it, it, again, it really focuses on people's fears, their insecurities, their anxieties, and it creates a sense of anxiety. And it just begs the question, is masturbation truly unhealthy, unsafe, and dangerous for you? Well, I've got the betterhealth.vig.gov.au website out, and it says that masturbation is a completely safer form of sex that carries no risk of sexually transmissible infections and unplanned pregnancy, which (laughs) demystifies that myth that I used to believe. Now, if you scroll down to the bottom of the page, what's even... Um, more interesting is the other myths that are surrounding masturbation. So a couple of things that lists here is that, you know, masturbation causes blindness. Blindness, Dean! Blindness! (laughs) (laughs) Wow, okay. (laughs) Um, Apparently, uh, the myths surrounding masturbation include mental health issues, sexual perversion, reduced sexual function. And, you know, Dean, we need to bring the word out that, that it's just not the case. These are absolutely ridiculous, ridiculous myths created perhaps to fearmonger and to control people, as Dean has said just before. Feeling these natural urges is part of being human and it's part of a biological need that is something modern nature has instilled in us. Mm, no, I, I agree. When any organisation or cult focuses on people's fears and insecurities in any way, shape or form, not just about masturbation, that's when they will control you. You see, my greatest fear is the repression of all of this. Because as a child growing up in a strict, devout Christian family, I tried my best to repress it. I wanted to be a good girl. You know, I went to Sunday school every day and I was the loudest singer there. (laughs) And the thing is, like, when I hit my puberty years, like, I had to deal with this in a way that I didn't know how. And it was just something that went Um, behind closed doors and something that I was really ashamed and upset about with myself because I didn't want this and yet I had to deal with it. Um, So the thing that concerns me most is when someone represses these needs, whether they are a a child, uh, you know, experiencing puberty or an adult because many adults still have this stigma that they live by. So let's talk about why repression might be bad. So... With anything, any extreme of human behavior, that will lead to a worst case scenario or a worsening of the situation. So it's like anything. So for example, you know, we're now in 2020, New Year's resolutions. Most people will say, oh, I need to go on a diet. 
I need to lose weight. Just like last week's episode.、Mm, there you go. <laughs> and what happens when you when you restrict what you eat so severely? So instead of having, you know, three or four meals a day, you try and reduce it to say one or two, because some people do have the, you know, severe reaction of I will really calorie restrict my food intake to such a level that they basically don't eat. Or eat, or eat very little, but then it's the other is such an extreme that it actually backs backfires on you. And the same thing with any kind of repression of、such、mental, yeah, yeah, of mental sexual repression. What happens? You can say, "Well, I'm not like this anymore. I won't do this." But then your true feelings, your true, I guess, your authentic self is being so repressed. It will come out eventually. Yeah, in in some other kind of maybe possibly insidious way. The. The phrase you used before,、uh, serial masturbator,、um, that that comes to mind. And you know, coming back to this betterhealth.vig.au website, there's a part here that talks about frequency of masturbation. So,、mm. without you seeing the stats, how often do you think would be a healthy、um, amount in terms of masturbation? I would say three times a week, four times a week. Yep. So I'm just going to read it here. A common concern, especially among young people, is the frequency of masturbation. Normal, quote unquote, ranges from several times a day to a week or to a month onto not masturbating at all. How often a person masturbates is not a problem unless it is linked to some obsessive compulsive disorder, where the same activity must be repeated over and over.、Mm. So it really is about moderation in anything we do. Whether you're, you know, you're trying to watch your weight, to, you know, masturbating. It's about moderation and having balance in your life. So you do have a work-life balance. You have a sex-life balance.、Mm. You know,、uh, tell me if you relate to this. But sometimes when I'm really busy getting my assignments done, getting lots of work done, you know, just being so productive, then all of a sudden, in the middle of the day, you're like. Damn, I've got an urge I need to satisfy, and you just don't want to do it because you don't have the time, and it's not really on your priority list. But you just feel like I I can't be any more productive than I already <laughs> am unless I go sort out this need. And do you sort out your need? And then I have to go sort out my need, or I end <laughs> up just being unproductive for the rest of the day. Well, hopefully you don't sort out that need while you're. Studying at school? <laughs> no, of course not. We have we live in a society. We have some social rules we should follow. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but you make a good point. It's about again what we were saying is a work life sex life balance.、Mm. And as human beings, as adults, we need to have that balance of what will work for us, what will benefit us. Yeah. I'm gonna play for our listeners a quick clip. It's from a movie called Mean Girls, and this is a movie I used to watch as a child. And it's really funny because it's about the PE teacher talking about、um, sexuality. And we'll listen to it now and see what young adults are being exposed to when it comes to sexual education. I guess I'll never know what I missed on that first day of health class. Don't have sex, because you will get pregnant and die. Don't have sex in the missionary position. Don't have sex standing up. Just don't do it. Promise. Okay, everybody take some rubbers. Now, this is funny to me because 
I feel like this is what it felt like growing up in a Christian community. It's like, don't have sex. Sex is bad. Just don't do it, okay? I don't want to talk about it. And, you know, we, we're not even going to have the birds and the bees conversation because it's just so taboo. Just don't touch yourself. Don't have sex. You won't have an unplanned pregnancy before you're married and you will be safe. And that's what you want. And, and God will love you. Mm, no, I totally agree. I, I had a really kind of boring and conservative school that I went to and our, our sex education class was literally one lesson and it was pictures from decades ago from the 1950s or 40s. It was, it was really weird. What and was it? Tell me. I was just like, you know, this is what a man looks like. This is what a woman looks like. And in very scientific medical terms, this is what sex and the reproductive organs are. It was just really cold and the teacher um, in charge of the class just seemed really uncomfortable with the whole the whole class, the whole aspect of it. And so we were all giggling and laughing because we knew all about sex anyway. Mm, how old was this taught then? 14? Mm-hmm, yeah. 14, 15? It then makes me wonder if, you know, if you're not getting the right information and education at school or from your homes or from family, or parents, then where do, where does one go? Do they go and watch porn and then think that's the right way to yeah. have sex? Because, oh, my God, please don't. Yeah, pornography <laughs> has been shown to be the number one way that people, doesn't matter what age you are, but people learn about sex. Well, in the future, uh, we'll definitely have more sex workers who have experiences creating porn who can share their experiences with us on air. Um, and I have many co-workers um, who I know very well who are in the porn industry. However, what people don't realise is that making porn is no different from making a film. Consent, everything is pre-planned, it's pre-negotiated, and when... Everyday people go to porn sites uh, to learn from porn. People don't realize all the work that has been done before the filming even begins and how many starts and stops have to happen during the filming. Yeah, and a lot of editing involved as well. And it's, it's, it's make-believe, it's fantasy, it's not reality. Even people that you know, have some um, cam sites, like OnlyFans, Just for Fans, things like that that are taking off, that's not real. It's again, it's negotiated spaces where sex workers, porn stars will talk to people and say, look, you know, I'm, I'm setting up a scene. This is what I want to film. Let's organize a date. Let's organize a time. And the camera angles are all organized. The, the situation is organized. It's actually not, it's not instantaneous mm. or spontaneous as they make it out to be. Because there has to be some planning. You've got to have your lighting right. You've got to have your phones charged up. You've got to have <laughs> the room organised. You can't just grab someone off the street. Not That's not consensual sex. It just It's so funny because then I think about all the porn videos that have a, um, a title which says um, surprise or unknown or, you know. <laughs> no, that, that, that's all what you call clickbait. <laughs> clickbait. So it's meant to, for people to to look and see, and and get you know motivated or enthusiastic I mean, about it. Dean, we're not trying to badmouth the porn industry. Porn does serve its purpose for when people want to get off and can't get off, and you know it it does serve its purpose. But we're just saying it's not a platform to receive education. What could be a platform 
to receive education when it comes to sexual pleasure is actually masturbation. You in that room by yourself, exploring your body in a safe way and finding out for yourself what works for you before you actually go out to have sex with another person or with other people. Hmm, that's right. I mean, look, it, it begins with self-exploration, self-discovery, and then goes from there. Before a quick break, I just want to touch base very quickly with regards to sexual health and masturbation. Um, there are ways to always ensure that your toys are clean and that your hands are clean, and that is first by going to clean your toys and your hands before and after use. Also, another thing I like to do is to actually use condoms on toys or on hands, whether it is with myself or with a client, because these are good safe sex practices. Places such as the Needle Syringe Program, also known as the NSP, or places like Melbourne Sexual Health Clinics, will provide you with a supply of condoms as they have available. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855am. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast to hear the most recent recording from each show or 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming to listen live. Welcome back. You're listening to Behind Closed Doors. You are with Kitty Galore and Dean Lim. Hi, Kitty. Hi, everyone. Hey, Dean, we've had such a good discussion about masturbation so far. Now we're going to explore the different types of general health benefits that might come with masturbation. So what are some ideas that come to mind um, as to what's good about it? I think it's about self-discovery, self-exploration. And for anyone, regardless of your age, it's about a private time you have for yourself and it is about the sex-life balance. Mm. A lot of people don't think about these things. They view masturbation perhaps the same way I do. Like, ah, oh, you know, I've got, I've got something that I need to deal with. Um, it's just something that's in the way or, you know, something that I just want to get done and over with. Um, when it should really be time for self-care, perhaps. Absolutely. It definitely is a part of self-care. So going back to betterhealth.vic.gov.au, some of the general health benefits of masturbation include relaxing the muscles, helping you fall asleep, promotes the release of brain opioid-like neurotransmitters, also known as endorphins, causing feelings of physical and mental well-being, reduces stress and enhances self-esteem. Now I read through this list and I'm thinking, then everyone should be doing it all the time. Uh, why not? <laughs> why not? But why don't we? Well, because of stigma. Like anything else in our life, there's so much stigma regarding sex. And when we have stigma with sex, we have anxiety, we have stress, we have insecurity. And we, we all need to just calm down everybody, take some time out for some self-love. Remind ourselves that we're human. Yes. And to have some time for ourselves. This whole talk about masturbation makes me think that, in general, humans don't really give a lot of time to themselves. It's nine to five work, go home, look after your pets, your kids, your garden, you know, it's those responsibilities that take away this time for self-love and self-care. Mm. We're on a treadmill or a, a looped treadmill, like a, a rat in a cage, really, and just surviving and, and buying and purchasing and on that constant hunt for the superficial. 
just to acquire stuff to look better than someone else or have a bigger house or a better car and all that kind of superficial crap that goes with it. And I think that a lot of us have forgotten to look after ourselves, that it starts with us to look after ourselves, to be a better person, to be a kinder person. To, and from that, once we have a, a solid foundation, then we will be more open to people around us, the world around us, more accepting, more kind to others. Mm. Versus where we are now, where everyone's just fighting for land or politics or airtime, whatever. Are we? <laughs> <laughs> well, we have. To, well, speaking of airtime, we actually have to go very soon because our episode's almost up. Wow, Dean, time flies so fast. So before we wrap up, maybe you can tie back in our discussion of masturbation. Is it a grave sin or an actual biological need? To the premise of sex work, why are we as sex workers discussing this, and why is it so important? I think it's a couple of things. One is we have to start with ourselves. To know our bodies, to know ourselves, to be comfortable in our own shell, so to speak, as well as be comfortable with our clients. And depending on you know what type of service we offer, that can also be part of our repertoire to show clients, well, this is how you explore your own body. You, you know, you explore your just your sexuality in general, and that has also broader implications of having your own business. As I was saying before, with camming, that's become really, really popular over the last few years. So you've got various websites that have solo performers or performers with other people in it. So it's about freeing your whole mind towards sex, towards sexual health, towards sexuality. The sky's the limit, but it's also about knowing yourself. Mm. I guess I want to send a message to perhaps some of our more conservative listeners. Like I want all of our listeners to feel supported and even though we may have listeners who are not open to sex work, they can also still take away from this conversation we've had in a way that supports their partners or themselves. So, for example, if they have sexual needs that, that they won't allow to be met by other people, such as sex work professionals, they should be meeting this physical need at home because it is healthy for both mind, soul and body. Perfect words to end on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks everyone for listening to Behind Closed Doors on 3CR 855 AM and digital. We are Australia's only sex worker radio show. We're on every Thursday, 6 p.m. 3CR. If you've enjoyed this show, write to us at bcd3cr at gmail.com or simply tweet us at bcd3cr. Up next, we're going to play an awesome song by Matisse. Shebop. Jeans. <laughs>
Oh, we 